You're listening to... Offering in-depth analysis on all things Boston Celtics. With your hosts, Jim and Mike Quigley. All right, we're back with another episode of Hard Foul. Tonight, the Celtics got the Timberwolves coming off a split of the paces. Mike, we're just going to start with you because I know you have some things you want to get off your chest in terms of the end of that paces game with officiating and league reviews and things of that nature. So take it away. Yeah, it was awful. I don't think the Celtics deserve to win that game or be in that game because of their effort in the third quarter, but they were in the game. And quite frankly, they should have won the game. That wasn't a good challenge, in my opinion, because it was clearly called a foul on the floor. It's always called a foul that way. Uh, Those calls never get overturned. The Celtics should have been at the line with three seconds left, and Indiana had no timeouts. Um, Christoph Rzingis isn't going for the rebound in that situation because the whistle's blown, and that's how Indiana ends up with the ball. It was just a complete fuck-up. It was a clown show. And it's crazy to me that it goes to Secaucus and they're making that decision. Like what, what were they thinking? I don't, I don't understand um, the whole thing. And it was a great game too, for it to end like that uh, in the hands of the referees. Yeah. And there was other things I was frustrated about that have to do with the Celtics. Like the end of the game, I thought, I don't like the way they handled the last 36 seconds of that game, especially that last possession. But we can get into that. But yeah. the referees, all like every single time, there is a replay. And it's right in front of our face how obvious the call is. As viewers, we still don't know what's going to happen because it's so friggin' inconsistent across the league. It's the, the, the officiating in the NBA is, is so bad. Every year, we don't know how they're going to call games. Every game, we don't know how to, they're going to call games. When we have a playoff game, depending on who the refs are, we know who's going to win some of these games. It's just so bad. And, yeah. and I don't understand why the com- commissioner can't fix it. Well, it's interesting because you talked about like how Secaucus actually is the one that did the video review and makes the call. So I actually think the officials got it right on the floor. Um, and... You know, as as someone that used to referee and, you know, you're trained to, you know, if there is incidental contact, you don't blow the whistle. But I don't know how you look at that as incidental contact when someone goes through someone's head to get to the ball. Yeah. Like, I, I know he drew, drew the contact with the ball was clean, but he hit him in the head first. And, and I, I just... To me, it's like that's in every level of basketball, that's called a foul. And there's no replay to review it. You know, that's just a foul. And that's why I think all the players and you saw LeBron's reaction on Twitter is because they've been playing this game for over 20 years and everywhere they've gone, that's a foul. Now, with you know, we're going to slow it down, you know, to super slow speed and we're going to go into the depths of the rule book and we're going to really get technical here. I, I just, I, I think that's absurd, you know, and especially when it's supposed to be clear and obvious for a change. That wasn't clear and obvious, I, I think, by any definition of the rule. Um, you know, and maybe someone on Rick Carlisle's staff, like, thought that this could happen, and that's why they challenged it. I don't know. Um, 
And then uh, when you go down the other end of the floor and, you know, the leaked two-minute report said there was an illegal screen on on Turner. Well, that's one of the things that my biggest frustration is. I, I don't know what an illegal screen is. That call is so inconsistent across that's the so inconsistent. If guards push off on a screen, they don't get called. A big guy does a minuscule thing wrong, they get called. If it's down the end of the game, they don't Unless call. Unless their name's Bam out of bio. Yeah, it's like I, I don't... I don't know. I really don't know what they're looking for with an illegal screen anymore. Like, I don't know that call. Um, but I, I thought the Brazingas one was a foul. In the league two-minute report, I think to cover their ass on the Jalen Brown thing, said that wasn't a foul, that that was also incidental contact. It doesn't make sense. No, and to me, yeah. Brazingas kind of jumped into him, and there was contact. I, I don't really see that as incidental. But I, I feel like they were covering their ass because – Porzingis got some of the arm and a clean ball. I I just, you know, that to me, none of that makes any sense. That doesn't make the game better. It hurts the product. To me, that should have been a quick review, a call back to the official that it was declined. Now, what's interesting is, Mike, and, you know, let's talk about the last 36 seconds, but part of that last 36 seconds is Joe Mazzulla didn't have a review because he took a bad review, which is something the Celtics yeah, really have not done right. all season earlier in the game on the Brown um, offensive charge. And if he you know, I don't want to blame review, that on, I don't want to blame yeah. that on Missoula though. That comes from his bench. Well, he, Missoula has been whomever, you know, but they, they lost their review on like Carlisle where, you know, maybe that game goes into overtime. The Celtics still have it. Clearly it would have, if that's what the league is okay. saying, you know? So, um, you know, those are the breaks sometimes. And um, but you want to talk about the last 36 seconds. We should definitely talk about um the the, the trend in Celtics losses that we're seeing with the third quarters. But you know, go ahead with those last 36 seconds. Yeah, the last two minutes and 36 seconds. The last two oh, minutes. Okay. There was two minutes and 36 seconds in the game was the Celtics came out of a timeout. Me and you were both texting back and forth. I think they were down six, and we were like, they don't deserve this. They're not playing hard, blah, yeah. blah, blah, whatever. And Allen kind of took over, yeah. And then and then they went into He-Man mode and got themselves back in the game. But that last 36 seconds, I, like, I'm not going to argue against NBA philosophy. That first possession, I guess the, the, the data says, the analytics says, you want to get a shot off quick. So that's mm-hmm. what they did. Uh, Brown didn't make the shot, whatever. Hey, Minnesota then, then you make, the then you make the bad. stop. Yeah. You make the stop. Why don't we ever call a timeout? Especially when Jay oh, is not on the floor. Yeah. Like, what are we doing, man? And uh, especially how Brown got, we... Brown got bailed out because he got fouled, but that was not a good look. If he didn't get fouled, that wasn't going in. Like, I just don't understand. Like, this is a trend with Missoula going back to last year. Why don't we ever set something up in those situations like every other NBA franchise? And I get it. Like, I think there's a point where you can see what's happening when the ball gets over half court, whether you're going to have numbers or not in an opportunity to score, right? It, it Sometimes it is better not to go with a timeout because of defense and, and scramble mode. I think when, as soon as Jalen Brown started dribbling that ball towards the corner, they, they should have they used it. And, right. and something together. And especially, I thought Missoula out of timeouts was amazing. And out-of-bounds plays were just amazing against, especially... Um, I mean, that Cornette one almost went in. Ago. 
Yeah, and they they did it all game. They were getting good looks all game, and that the one at the end of the game. Yeah, we great point with Cornette. It was it almost worked. Um, yep. So yeah, I like what you, actually I think he's really good out of that. Like he, that's one area he's improved drastically since last year. Is um, you know sidelines out of bounds and under the hoop. Like he's been really really good at putting the Celtics in position to score. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I don't disagree with you. I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, at so all. That's my that's my rant about the end of the game, and the reason that I think we both agree, and I'm sure you'll get into more specific details, like you usually do, to help this pod about the play of the third quarter. I don't the know. Celtics third quarter. Well, I mean, like you, you're better off like, oh well, I remember the plays and like exactly yeah, what happened the night. Like, but anyways. Um, their effort was just not not there. Their effort was just not there. And I thought the coaching effort wasn't there either because they stayed in a defense that clearly wasn't working. And you saw it early on in the third quarter when Aaron E. Smith was just being left open for three. A guy who's shooting 45% from three, the Celtics weren't even getting out on. Um, and then once again, you saw a 40-point quarter. So two out of the last three games in the third quarter on the road, they've given up 40 points they gave up 45 to the thunder and they gave up um it was either 43 or 44 to indiana and at one point in that third quarter jim indiana was 12 of 13 from the floor yeah they started off in the first seven eight possessions it, it was ridiculous and um some of it was in man some of it was in zone i and like i i agree they they were stuck in zone in the fourth quarter for way too long in particular and they, i actually i i'm glad they're doing some two on two and they're doing some different stuff just to get it on tape and give teams something to think about i i they were just they've been too predictable over the last two seasons defensively knowing exactly what they're going to do um yeah. I, I think wrinkles are important and i'd like to see another one you know i just think having them and hopefully you get better and against different teams it works but clearly, it was it was not working the, this night. It, it, Indiana struggled against it on um, Sunday night or Saturday night, whenever they played, uh, because yeah. of the first time seeing it. And, and clearly, they had to figure it out. Um, I, the bigger issue to me was just, you know, against the Thunder, I thought the Thunder just played out of their minds. And maybe the Celtics could have played harder in that third quarter. You know, it was really tough to tell because of how well the Thunder were playing. Um, in this one, I th- I thought a lot of it was effort. I, I thought they were losing um, any loose ball. Uh, you know, the few times Indiana did miss shots, they were able to recover the offensive rebound and then and then score. Um, it, there was a lack of attention to detail outside of their offensive possessions. The crazy thing is, they went in with a nine point lead, and they. Shot like something like six and nine or six for ten to start the third quarter, right? That's really right. good. And they and their lead was down to three. And, and like to me, that's just it's inexcusable. It really is inexcusable for that to happen. And it wasn't like Missoula didn't call a timeout during that stretch. He did. And he did, the team yeah. didn't respond. And and you've seen seven out of the eight losses that the Celtics have had. You've seen third quarters like this. So, you know. Mm-hmm. The and at times the third quarters have been great, but they've all been in wins. And and look, it's tough to nitpick a team that's winning at an eight hundred level, right? You know, they're winning almost eighty percent of their games. A um, little bit less than that now, but they they've been really really good. But there is a trend here, so 
I think it's it's something we really need to keep an eye on. Is this a team that every eight or nine games gets into a slump like this and goes through two or three just because they take their foot off the gas a little bit or, you know, they think because they played so well in the first half, the game's over and, you know, you know, human bad habits kind of kick in? Or is this a trend that's something that's worse than that and, and we have to be concerned about in the playoffs? Hopefully it's the former, not the latter. Hopefully it's just a thing that happens in the regular season and focus kind of wanes because they've been playing so well and the foot kind of goes off the gas and isn't something that leaks yeah. into the playoff where every possession matters. So, um, But it, it's I, happened enough yeah, now. They're not eight losses. Yeah, and you know, credit to the Pacers for how hard they were playing, especially oh, sure. T.J. McConnell. Yeah. I think that when Halliburton went down, they certainly could have folded it in and thought about the next night, but uh, McConnell's effort just wouldn't allow that to happen. The Celtics weren't matching his effort. They weren't no. getting to the same loose balls that he was. Uh, I also they weren't that cutting Missoula off his drives. Like, they were letting McConnell no. get to the hoop. Like it, it's like yeah, the ball resistance was so poor. You know, it's not always getting loose balls. The ball resistance was so poor that anyone on the Pacers could get to the basket and then find a man for an open three. And the Celtics were lazily helping. Like, why are you helping on a McConnell drive? Yeah, and why? Like, that's a lack of focus, lack of effort, you know, even though it doesn't maybe show up on the screen. And I also thought of the lack of adjustments, too, because you had Porzingis covering McConnell for way too long. Yeah. Um, and it clearly wasn't working going back to the first half. So I don't, I don't know. I, I get why they were trying to do it, but it, it wasn't working. And they just were like banging their head against the wall that entire game. Uh, and I also thought offensively, they weren't going to Porzingis and Brown enough. They kind, they kind of got away from it when those two in Holiday were probably your best offensive players the other night. And they mm. went through a stretch where, where, where Brown was stuck at 32 points. Just didn't make sense to me. He wasn't stuck there because he was missing shots. He was stuck there because they stopped running action for him to just drive to the basket. Um, I think sometimes they Missoula's going to step back in and just get back to what's working. And um, you know, just not a great game. This is going to happen. I, I think I'll, I'll, I also agree to take a look at that trend at third quarters every you know five or six games or what have you moving forward. Um, big game tonight, Jim. I don't know. If there's anything you wanted to say about it, I, I saw in the injury report we got three guys who may be out. Yeah. Uh, Porzingis, Al, and uh, I forget who the other person is. Uh, so you figure some guys are sitting tonight and tomorrow. So big two games. Uh, Minnesota's coming in on a back-to-back. Uh, they played in Orlando last night. I don't know if it ended up being a blowout, but they were up by like 20 in the first yeah. quarter. So did they rest their guys? No, not really. Outside of Anthony Edwards, everyone else was plus 30 minutes. Edwards was like 26, 27 minutes, but everyone else was plus 30. Um, so maybe they won't have legs that could help. And they didn't get in until today. They're not getting in until early this afternoon. They're not even here yet. Ah, okay. Because of the weather. So, you know, the, it, it, the Celtics, look, it's a revenge game. They've been really good in revenge games. I think it's something that, you know, they're using to motivate themselves. Being at home really means something to them. Minnesota's coming off a loss. Um, this should be a game that the Celtics handle their business. You know, you, all the things, are, all the indicators are pointing in that direction. You know, they should 
this should be a one that they handle their business, even if they have a guy or two out. Um, I just going back to the Indiana. One last thing I want to say, Mike, is we got to give Jalen Brown his kudos. You brought him up having 32 points. Uh, last couple minutes of the game, the reason they they got back into it was because of his offensive efforts, whether him um, kind of starting the offense and then finding the open man, or you know he made a couple big shots down the end um, of the game, you know to put him in the spot to have a chance to win. So he was great coming off, you know, one of his worst efforts of the season against um, shooting efforts against Indiana the two nights before. But yeah, no, tonight they should, you know, it should be all right. And, and you also brought up how they're going to handle these back to backs. I think there'll be some guys sitting tonight based on the injury report. I, I wonder if they have some guys sitting in Minnesota, I mean, against um, Milwaukee as well. You know, they managed. Jalen, um, Jason Tatum in that Indiana game where he, he got a night off. I wonder if maybe we see Jalen Brown get a night off as well soon. Um, because clearly I think that's, that's important to them is, is managing these guys as much as getting wins. So they're all kind of going in, you know, full blow at the end of the season and into the playoffs. Yeah. Something I'm really looking forward to tonight is, how does Brown and Tatum handle the ball pressure that they're going to get from McDaniels and Edwards? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was something we struggled with down in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be, we'll, Minnesota gets up in you. Um, we'll see on the second night of a back-to-back how much they get up in you. But um, And then also how we defend Anthony Edwards because the last two or three times we played Minnesota, Edwards has gone off. So um, yeah. whether you're going to put Brown on him or try Tatum or try Holiday. Uh, trying to figure out that matchup. And that's always interesting to see because the Celtics have so many different guys they can throw at him. I know, for example, the Orlando game against Pablo, when he had 30 in the first half, they went through like three guys before they finally figured out it was Holiday that was going to stop him. Um, And I hope they're creative like that tonight because it may be a, a team effort to figure out how to slow this guy down tonight. Oh, for sure. And then the the thing I'm most curious about tonight's game is Tatum's been just on another level the last three games he's played. OKC, Utah, and then Indiana was probably, you know, the cherry on top. And the one part of his game you could really criticize this season is, you know, his three-point shooting percentage um, and his jump shots. It's been a bit of a struggle. He's been finishing at the rim real well. He's been getting to the free throw line at a high rate. He's been moving the ball. He's been rebounding. Defending, so the, all those other parts of the game have been great, but he's shooting a struggle, but not over the last three games. Certainly not against Indiana, where he made five or six threes. Um, so good defensive team. A night off, um, you know, a night off for him's got to feel like a vacation. So he's he's going to have fresh legs, ready to go, and I'm just eager to see what he looks like, you know, against this tough defense and well rested. And I expect him to play really, really well again tonight. And then Mike and then hey, you're up for a big one against Milwaukee, right? Yeah, yeah. So big Eastern Conference game tomorrow night. Another preview of most likely the Eastern Conference final, unless things go bananas like last year. Um we'll see. We'll see what that game's like. Milwaukee cannot defend our wings. So yeah. I expect the Celtics, even with tired legs, to get their points. But other guards another 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 small guard um, that I don't think the Celtics can defend tomorrow night is probably going to go off. So I expect 
I honestly, I expect two very close games these next two nights. It should be good, entertaining basketball. I think, you know, we all want the Celtics to go two and two, uh, two and oh, that's tough. So I would be happy with one and one in this stretch, but I also wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics blow doors and win both of them. Well, the fifth game in seven nights would be tomorrow night. And that's that's almost historically have been like a, a death sentence in the NBA, regardless of the team or the situation. Is five games in seven nights is usually just not good. So it'll be interesting to really see how the Celtics handle tonight, what they're going to lace up, who they're going to lace up, and then what they're able to do tomorrow. I expect the Celtics bench to be a little bit more expanded than we were typically used to seeing. Um, I don't Good. think they're going to go to a short bench here. Um, and I don't know if the game, here's my prediction for tomorrow night against Milwaukee. I don't know if tomorrow night is going to be indicative of what a Milwaukee Celtics matchup would typically look like. No, it won't be. No yeah. way, because either Holiday, Porzingis, or Al, one of those guys or two of them are not going to be playing. Yeah. 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 I, I think so too. And I wouldn't even be surprised if Jalen Brown gets a night off tomorrow night. That would not shock me. I doubt it, but it wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good point because if they're trying to sit Jalen Brown, I guarantee you he does not want to sit against the Rockets. No, probably. I guarantee not. none of those guys want to sit the eBay game. No, no, I forgot about that game. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Hey, Mike, I got to cut this part earlier than usual, so we're not going to get into our five questions, but we'll do that the next time. Um, Any closing thoughts from you? No, just two great games. We'll check back in probably after these two and go Celtics. Go Celtics. All right. Talk to everyone soon.